How many of your friends are in relationships right now? All of them, except two. Like Lots what of my friends are getting married right now, so. Do you go to CBU? I do. Are you on any dating apps? <laughs> no, sir. Are you on any dating apps? Oh yeah. What's the number one thing you look for in the next person you date? Um, that they have a job. So in two sentences, can you describe your worst first date? There's too many, skip. Her mom got involved. This guy asked me out and then he told me that I should be the one driving and he didn't pay for anything. Did you have a second date? Nope. <laughs> it was arranged by my mom and she hadn't met him yet either. My worst first date? Uh, how much time do you have? I've had a date get deported once. Laura, nice to meet you, Laura. In two sentences, can you describe your worst first date? Uh, I didn't know it was a date. And then at the end, he was like, this was a date, how did it go? And I was like, <laughs> I have no idea. I thought it was a date, and it turned out it wasn't. <laughs> no way. Uh, have you ever met my friend Laura? Yes. <laughs> oh my friend. gosh. <laughs> oh, this is really weird. That's my dating life in a nutshell. Would you get her flowers on the first date? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Would you want flowers on the first date? No. <laughs> Probably not. No. Nah. Valentine's Day first date. No. 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 Probably not. No. Would you go on your first date on Valentine's Day? No. 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 Yes, but ironically. Do you want him to open the car door? Yes. 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 Would you split checks? No. No. I would pay for it. I got it. No. Yes. Yes. <laughs> would you want him to ask you about your feelings? Probably not on the first date. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. Would you ask uh, about his feelings? No. Would you want... <laughs> Just don't ask about mine. You don't want to hear the answer. Yes. Would you want her to ask about your feelings? If she wants to. Yes. No, his feelings are disgusting. I mean, like, if somebody, like, died in front of us, sure, but probably not. And would you uh, set up a bailout friend call? Yes. No. <laughs> I probably wouldn't, but I've known some people do it. No. Wait, for me or for him? That's you wouldn't okay. set up a bailout friend call? No. Oh. You're better than me. Yeah. Have you done that before? No. Probably should. Probably should. Yeah. Never done it in the past. Would you set up a bailout friend call? No, I'd rather see it through all the way. No, I got this. It's okay. You got it. Cool. <laughs> of course. Sure, yeah. Yes. Have you done that before? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. That's would you, awful. Would you kiss on the first date? No. That's yeah, a yes. Me down. That's a yes. <laughs> Probably not. And would you want to meet his parents on the first date? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. On the first date? Maybe? No. Oh my gosh. Would you meet his parents on the first date? No. Not on the first date. Oh no. Would you meet his parents on the first date? Well, I don't think they'd be alive. <laughs> You're awesome. Thank you so much. That was great. Church and our friends, the Salos Church Young and Olds. I am Stephanie Schaefer, joined with our Young Adults lead, Griffin Harrell, and the wonderful Pastor Matt and Tammy Brown. Welcome hey, hey. to the show, guys. Yeah. 
want to uh, give a shout out to our older single, Jan Tong, who lives in Hawaii. I know her. She's awesome, and that was hilarious. That his oh, parents my might not be alive. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was great. She's probably right. Yeah, Fun story. Great. I actually went on a first date with someone whose car got stolen, and I had to meet his mom at the same time. Oh wow! So there's. I was like, oh, that happened to me actually. So. Anyway, we have got so, so, so many good questions in on dating because we put the questions out and you guys have a lot of questions, which I don't blame you, dating is hard. Uh, so we're gonna dive right into those. We also have some video questions we're gonna work in. We have some people here who are gonna ask questions live. We've got a really great show in store and a lot of questions to get through. So we're gonna do our best. If we don't get to your question, we're gonna try to get to it another time for sure. So I'm gonna jump on in with our first question if you're ready. Yes. So our first one comes from Andy Moss, which is one of only a few yes. anonymous questions. Yes. Um, he says, in the past, I heard you talk about the importance of being subjective and in some degree judgmental about who we date and especially about who we marry. I couldn't agree more, but I'm confused about where we should draw the line on certain issues. I know I'm not going to find anyone perfect as we're all sinners, but what should be a deal breaker in a dating relationship? I also heard Tammy talk about the dangers of dating potential in the message on Sunday. I'm confused about where to draw the line in these situations because everyone has room to grow, but where should we draw the line between seeing potential and admitting reality? You want me to go? I'll go. Yeah, go. And then you go. <laughs> um, well, when I talk about dating potential, I think the most important thing for you guys to hear is don't date potential of hoping somebody will develop a certain character quality. They may grow in health in that quality, but they're not going to, the chances are of them adopting a quality that they don't already have is what I mean by don't date potential, hoping somebody will become something they're not. One of the, you know, there's a lot of areas that people grow in dating, but one of the areas I think should be a non-negotiable for you is, um, is your faith, is in your faith. To hope somebody has potential to become a Christian or potential to grow or to potential to start coming to church with you, I think that is probably the the, the most solid line to draw in the sand. In other areas, yeah, they could grow, but the, the potential, don't date someone because they have the potential to share your faith. That, that needs to be the non-negotiable. You're right, every, everything else could be a growing thing. Yeah, I, I think the first thing you need to do is be honest with yourself and maybe with a couple of friends and say, are these things ridiculous? Mm -hmm. Because especially for a lot of guys, I think you have some physical things that you're looking for that are ridiculous. I mean, as we age, it all goes south anyway. So just, you know, I mean, that's, <laughs> right? Uh, and, and we're so focused, uh, and not just guys anymore, but even girls, is, you know, especially, what are these things that are out there? What does the, the Bible have to say? And so I talk a lot about Proverbs 31, and it, Proverbs talks about literally inner beauty. And so what are those things that are non-negotiable about those inside things? Because the reality is, you don't have to live with a lot of the external qualities of the person, but the internal qualities, if you're talking about marriage, uh, are, are going to be with you the whole time. And so be evaluating those things. And I would just encourage you in your friend groups, hey, is this ridiculous or no, is that ridiculous? And if you have a dumb friend group, that's on you. But get, get a friend group, you know, that somebody that can add to that and say, hey, I think this, this is good. So this weekend we talked about four things. Um, we talked about spiritual compatibility, which Tammy just talked about. And, and you need to be honest with yourself. What is it that I expect? I had this young uh, woman come up to me at LA Fitness and said, Pastor, you need to pray with my husband. And I'm like, why? And she said, because he won't tithe. I said, well, how long have you been married? She said, three months. I said, well, did you ever talk about tithing in dating life? And she says, no. 
So, so, so imagine you're dating somebody and you drop on them, you know, three weeks into your marriage that you have this car payment that you've never told them about, and you just decide to discuss about that, you know, or you got this $50,000 visa loan. You need to talk about those things and talk about, because some people, yeah, I'm a Christian, yeah, I'll go to church, but they don't want to serve, they don't want to give, they don't want to use their gifts. I mean, it's something that they're willing to do. Most people at Sandals Church attend 1.6 times a month. Do you expect more than 1.6 times a month? Do you expect them to serve? What does that look like? Do they want to be in community group? Do they not want to be in community group? Uh, are, you know, are, are they willing to allow other people to speak into their lives? Because at Sandals Church, being real with others is, is a part of who we are. So we're saying, you know, when Stephanie was single, like I'm speaking into her life whether she likes it or not, because, right, you go to Sandals and you got to deal with it. That's part of the, you know, and I didn't, I didn't know Griffin when he was dating, but I would have spoken to him and said, hey, but the mustache, I don't know, right? <laughs> I mean, that's what I was said. So, so, so spiritual compatibility and, and the big thing now, and, and I shared this, and I don't want to be hard on the guys because I'm glad you're here. And guys, if you're here, you're way beyond most of your peers. So just know that. Let's give all the guys a hand that are here. We love you. But so much of, of what happens to a woman when she becomes pregnant, it puts a lot of pressure on her, her body physically. Uh, she has you know, to be close to the child, to feed the child. There's all of those things that are going on. And so you need, to, you need to make sure that, ladies, you're not dating a child, and then you have children with that child because it's a real problem. And you want a guy that's willing to work and willing to work hard and willing to be agile in work because the world's changing. I, I can't tell you how much it's changed economically since I, uh, 20 years ago, went into the work profession. I couldn't have imagined the world the way it is now. Uh, like your, your phones that you guys all think is normal, that was called Star Trek when I was a kid. And they talked to each other like it was sci-fi and it's like your reality. And I know that makes me sound like a dinosaur, but that's the truth. You have no idea how the world's going to change. And, and, and as technology advances, you're going to have to really be able to mix it up through your life. So uh, we talked about spiritual unity, emotional health. And this one is huge. Uh, depression is a real thing. Mental illness is a real thing. And if you're struggling with those things, we love you. But let me encourage you. One of the triggers for depression is disappointment in relationships and, and breakups. And so uh, I would encourage you, like if you're struggling with some kind of addiction or you're struggling with a mental illness, a relationship is probably not good for you right now. What you need to do is focus on health, uh, fight for your health, get yourself to a place where you have something to offer somebody else. Because a lot of people will love you because they want to care for you. That's called codependency, and you don't want to do that. So really, really focus on, on mental health and, and have those conversations and say, hey, you know, hey, what's going on? You know, tell me, tell me about your story. And, and that's why I think dating is so important to, before you start making out and, and getting physical, find out, like, I want to hear your story. I want, to, I want to hear where you've been, what's been going on, because it's really, really important that you know and can judge for yourself, are, are they emotionally healthy? Uh, are they at a place where they're ready to contribute to another relationship? Because just so, because somebody wants a relationship doesn't mean that they're ready for one. And we were in community group probably 15 years ago, uh, and we had two really dysfunctional singles <laughs> in our group, and one had uh, real mental health challenges and the other one had addiction challenges, and they fell in love. And we said, this is not a good idea, and they left Sandals Church. They were like, you know, screw you guys, we're out of here. And it wasn't that we weren't, weren't, weren't trying to help them, we were actually trying to help them because they were so codependent and their brokenness magnified and it didn't complement each other, it actually brought them down. And, and to this day, they're not in church. They're bitter, they're angry, they've got some story. You know, the church hurt me. Well, what happened was the church said, hey, we don't agree with this relationship and we have some deep concerns about alcoholism and mental illness. And... Um, 
And you, you need people in your life because most of your friends will not be like, hey, I think he has a drinking problem. And we knew he did because we were in small group with him. He came to group drunk. I mean, that's fairly substantial, right? If you're like, eh, you know, question two. Um, that was funny. You can laugh at that. Um, and then the other one was some real mental health issues that she needed to really focus on. And there was a history of family mental illness in her family. And, um, and that doesn't disqualify somebody. But if somebody's not willing to be real about their mental health or their drinking problem, I would not, I would not engage in that. I'm missing one. Uh, not, no one listened to my but sermon. But here's the thing is that you guys, trust me when I tell you this, that you're willing to ignore so many things when you're dating that will be the end of you when you're married. I did that, that, that women after woman after woman after woman that I counsel at Sandals Church for the last 23 years is some version of, well, I let this go then, but now it's to, to the detriment of the relationship because the goal was so much on finding someone or not being alone instead of a life together. And there's a big difference in that. There's a big difference in not being alone because let me tell you, one of the loneliest places to be is with somebody and alone, which is exactly what happens when the, the relationship is dysfunctional. And so all of these things matter. You know, so many women that I meet with and, and even a couple guys here and there, you know, it's one thing when it's you and that person, okay? You're all in love, you're all attracted, there's all of that. And then this thing called real life happens and you get married and then there's bills and there's work and there's getting all of the things done and that doesn't include each other anymore like the priority like it might have and then you throw kids in and once kids enter the picture everything changes and I promise you this every single thing you compromised on will now matter because you're going to want to raise someone up. And that is one of the biggest detriments I see young people make now is they compromise on, well, my husband didn't want to go to church or my girlfriend wasn't into God. Now I have a kid, and guess what I want for my kid? I want my kid to know God. I want my kid to go to church. I want my kid to, to have eternal life because now it's life and death, right? Eternal life. And, and when your spouse is completely uninterested in that, the whole next generation becomes uninterested in that. So the choices that you make, and I know this can sound scary to say, like, dun, dun, doom and gloom. You know, I don't mean to be that way. But if you want the life God has for you, if you want his good plan for you, all of these things matter. Because right now, and I, some of you are engaging in sex, some of you are not engaging in sex, wherever that lands. Right now, the, the shock and the excitement and the the thrill of that, I say I went to Christian school and there was three things you didn't do. You didn't drink, you didn't do drugs, you didn't have sex. Well, at some point, the drinking and the having sex, you can like age into that, right? Like if you get married, now that's not the worst thing you could do anymore. No, it's actually pretty cool. <laughs> you know, and you, and you turn 21, right, now, you people, can, yeah. now you can drink. But, but it's everything else. And, and so the things that you guys are most excited and curious about now, you're going to grow up and it won't be the most important thing to you anymore. What's going to be the most important thing to you is a stable home that's peaceful, and, and um, being able to have, you know, your financial needs met. And that doesn't mean be rich. That just means have your needs met so that you're not stressing out. Now you're working three jobs. Now you're not ever around the person that you could not be around. So we just want you guys to think a little bit differently than the world is telling you to think right now because these things matter. And part of the nature of our job in ministry is that we are like care for the wounded 
of everybody who ignored all of these things that were trying to challenge you guys to consider to have the best life that God has for you. Yeah, let me say this, that, um, you know, Barack Obama did, I, I forgot how many millions of dollars they spent on how we can reduce poverty. And I kid you not, this is the United States government. They came up with these three things. If you do these three things, you will not fall before, underneath the poverty line in America. Number one, wait till you're 21 years old to get married. Number two, wait to have a baby until after you're, you're, you're married. And number three, work a full-time job. So everything, you, a lot of what you guys are being told in school about poverty, and it's a lot of it, and, and this is sensitive, a lot of it's bad choices. And you guys are at the place uh, in your life where your bad choices, you get two or three in a row and they stack up, and, and, and you're in a really, really difficult situation and you're in a compromised place. You guys are young, not all of our listeners are young, but you guys are young. Understand that what you're doing in your 20s, your late teens and your 20s, is you're paving the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. That's what you're doing. And so the last one, I just remembered Griffin's mustache inspired me. Uh, it's, um, it's integrity it and loyalty. Integrity and loyalty. And this is the thing is, is attraction can come and go, but if you lose trust, if you lose trust, the relationship is at risk. And so here's what I would encourage you to do, gals, when you look at a guy, instead of saying, is this guy cute? I mean, obviously that matters, right? I mean, Tammy, it mattered. It's cute. Um, but is this guy, is this guy going to be the kind of man I want to raise my children? Is, is, is this guy, I mean, there's, there's, there's a beautiful word in uh, our New Testament. It's Abba. And it's, it's a Hebrew word in a Greek uh, the New Testament is written in Greek, and it's daddy. Why would that word be important? Why is that word important to Christians? Because who your daddy is matters. So ladies, you need, you need to think about that. Who, who, are, who are my boys and who are my girls going to call Abba? We call God Abba, Abba our Father. And guys, you know, Proverbs 31, it drives me crazy. Every woman's ministry is Proverbs 31. Proverbs Not 31. Mine. Proverbs are, thank you. Yeah, that's because you're cultivating relationships. Um, <laughs> Proverbs 31, ladies, is actually written from a mom to her son. And if you don't believe me, let me quote it to you. O son, son of my womb, despite what your professors say, men are men, women are women, women have wombs, men don't have wombs. It's a mom saying, O son, do not waste your life on women as many a king does. That's Proverbs 31, the beginning of it. And, he, and, and she begins to outline for her son, what, what's the kind of woman that you want? And notice so much of it is family-oriented and work-oriented, that she compliments his life. She makes him a better person. And so that's what I want you to look at. When you're looking at a person, is this person helping to bring out the best in me? You already know what your worst is, or, or, or maybe you haven't, you haven't experienced it yet. But is this person drawing out the very best in me? You know, when Tammy's going nuts, can I go, hey, when I'm, when I'm guys, angry and, and I'm off, you know, right? That doesn't happen. Yeah, it happens. It's, it's real. Um, you know, can Tammy bring me back to reality? And who's that person that, that challenges you? You know, Proverbs, uh, I think it's 27, 17 says, as, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Does this person make you sharper? Or is this person making you dumber? And don't, don't, don't be afraid to evaluate that. You should evaluate. Well, well, I shouldn't judge. You should judge when you're getting married. Like, you should be so judgmental. You should. Because this is, this is the biggest decision of your life outside of accepting Christ or not. And I would encourage you to, to really, really think through that. Uh, marriage is a big deal, and you should be a little afraid. I always tell couples when I'm uh, getting ready to perform this ceremony, I told you the same thing. You don't have to do this. 
you know, I'll go out there and tell everybody we're having cake and ice cream, but Stephanie's gone. Um, because it's a big deal. It's an absolute big deal, and you don't have to do this. But I remember what I said? After I pray over you, I said, you have to do this. this you're in this. We, we stood before God. And so it's a big deal. Vows matter to God. And so just be thinking about that and, and make sure you don't hitch yourself to, you know, um, I need to enunciate, hitch yourself to somebody that you don't want to be with for the rest of your life and, and have those conversations. And, uh, and I think it's important. So that was a long, long, long answer. Yeah, kind of a lot of wisdom bombs right there. Thank you for that. Uh, our next question is coming from one of our Hunter Park young adult leaders. Actually, she leads our Hunter Park campus group, and her name's Tori, and uh, we got that on the video. Yay, Tori. Hi, Tammy and Pastor Matt. My name is Tori. I'm a young adult at Sandals Hunter Park, and I have a question. In regards to dating, how would you define the balance between waiting for God's perfect timing and our tendency to over-spiritualize his role? Thank you guys so much. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I think that's a, that's a great, great question. What, what I would really encourage you is, is just divorce yourself. I mean, we're talking about dating. Divorce yourself from this whole concept of God's timing. Um, I think there is timing, and that's just a matter of age, maturity, and uh, economic position, right? I mean, like, you can be totally in love and be 16. What are you going to do about it? Nothing but get in trouble. I mean, that, that, that's all you're going to do. So when you're 16, that's not, that's, not, that's not just not God's timing. That's not your timing. You need to back off, you know, Go get a hobby. Amen? So um, th that's, that's what I would say. But I, I would just say this. is, is it, Quit, quit over-spiritualizing. I think it's a great thing. I'm just not sure if it's God's time. Own your crap and just say, I'm not sure if I'm ready to date. I'm not sure if I'm in a, don't put, don't put your issues off on God. I don't know what God's doing. God's like, I don't know what you're doing. Um, you know, God, God's not been up in heaven like, should I marry? Should I date? That's not the Lord. That's, that's your issue. And, and, and here's the thing is, I would read 1 Corinthians 7. We, we just went over that, you know, this passage this week. Paul says, look, I think it's better that you remain single as I am. However, if you're burning with lust, he's, he, this is literally his advice. Go ahead and get married. And then the next sentence is, you're not doing anything wrong. It's not all that encouraging. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, get married, you know. So I, I just really wouldn't put that off on God. I would get in a community group where you can be real and simply say, I, I, don't, I don't know that I'm ready. I don't know that I'm in a place where I'm healthy enough. If you're coming out of a bad breakup, don't do a rebound. I mean, don't do that. Just say, you know what? That hurt. I really got hurt. I got really involved. That sucked. I don't want to do that again. And so I'm going to be a little more cautious this time and a little more slow. And I just would encourage you guys. Um, Tammy won't get this illustration because she hates football. And guys, it's something you need to understand about your your wife. Like, does she like sports? Is she willing to put in the time? That's something that I, you know, I would have said. Because she's like, no, you know, we're gonna we're gonna watch the Kardashians in 2020 and how husbands murder their wives. That's what they're we're gonna Those watch. Those are our sports. Oh my gosh, it's horrible. <laughs> so, um, oh, I totally lost my train of thought. Help me yeah. out, save me. I, I got hung up on the TV shows thing because I'm worried when my wife watches the how how wives kill the husbands. Oh yeah, that you freaks me out. You should be afraid. Yes. Very afraid. That's their sport. Yeah. <laughs> just lower the life insurance policy. Just like really low. Yeah, yeah. Get one that when, when you die, she owes money. Oh. Yeah. It's a good one. You're about to talk about football as it relates to. Well, I, oh, yes. I think, I think one of those things is you, you got you to talk, talk about hobbies. And, and here's the thing. Guys and gals, I would really encourage you to work at friendships. Because, and, and this is where the football analogy came. Thank you, Stephanie, for bringing it home. The friend zone gets you in the end zone. Okay? Oh. It just does. <laughs> I get that analogy. I get that. When Tammy, when Tammy feels like I'm a good buddy, good things happen. <laughs> let's just, let's just say that. 
like when I'm in the doghouse, I'm not in our house. That's just the bottom line. And you know, um, you know, sex is a sex is a very I don't mean to be gross, but it, it, it's part of our animalistic nature. Like, well, I'm gonna make love. It's like, okay, go to the zoo. Um, is that too real? The question is, are you compatible? Can you get along? Do you do you um, do you like being around each other? Like forever, <laughs> do you like being around each other? Um, and, and, and do you have the same likes and, and, and try to hang out? So I just would really encourage you to work on friendships. And obviously you have, there's the attraction component is, is essential because you, you have to kiss the person. You're like, okay, hold on. Um, <laughs> that was terrible, sorry. <laughs> there, I, I just think attraction needs to be lower on your list. For, for most of us, it's number one or number two. I think it needs to bump down three or four and look and say, do I really admire this person and love this person? Because like when, this weekend, if you're at church, I, I so admired Tammy while she was up there answering questions, talking about the debrief. And I mean, she's, she's rock star go gorgeous, right? Okay, that's a side. Aww. No, you are, see? <laughs> see guys, end zone. That's what I'm talking about, end zone. I see your game happening yeah, right yes, here that's in front right. of I everybody. got game. Um, so, gosh, you just made me lost my train of thought. I started thinking about the end zone. Um, <laughs> what was I saying, Stephanie? Bring it back. Oh, yeah, thank Maybe you. Maybe we should move on to Sorry. a new question. <laughs> I told you gals, when guys start thinking about sex, their IQ just goes, boo. You um, just saw it here, folks. Yeah, it happened. <laughs> Here's what whoa, I would whoa, say. Wait, 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 wait. I, had, I had a great point. What was Do it? You know? I don't know. He's Do in the red zone right point? now. Let him get to the end zone. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you. I was just saying that I admired her for who she was. I was watching her, and that's what Proverbs 31 says is, this is what he's saying, I can't believe this is my wife. Mm. Look at her. I don't, I, okay, yes, me, Proverbs 31. <laughs> Proverbs 31, he's saying, I can't believe this is my wife. Her children rise up and call her blessed. They can't help it, but they're like, you know, oh my gosh, this, this is my mom, this is my wife. And that's how I felt on Sunday. I'm like, this is my wife. And I asked her like on Thursday, hey, would you mind doing five services with me on the weekend? You know, and that's pretty, it, it's pretty scary. I mean, it is. And she did it, and I was so proud of who she was. And that's what I would hope that you would feel about whoever you, you marry. You're like, I'm just so proud that this, this is my husband. Think, think about those words, ladies. Think about saying those words. This is my husband. And, and I want you to glow. And guys, this is, my, this is my bride, this is my wife. And we live in a culture that's missing out on that because they're jumping in bed with everybody. There's nothing special about it. This is my wife. I don't jump into bed with anybody else. This is my wife. This is the mother of my children. This is who I want to live with. And, and God you know, forbid she dies first, I want to be there with her when she dies. And if I die first, I want her to be there with me when I die. Can you not die first, though? Well, <laughs> I'll do my best. I'll do my best. Just saying. Okay. Sorry, I knew I had a point. But, but I mean, the point of that is this, is that Sex is so important in a relationship, but it's such a small part in the grand scheme of life. And so your friendship, your compatibility, the way you get along with each other's families, that is what is so important. Um, that's one of the things that Matt and I have had to work out. How do we get along with each other's families? How does he get along with mine? I get along with his. You know, I had a, a young girl that I mentored at one time, and she had this boyfriend, and he, 
He wouldn't even come to the door. He would honk or text from the driveway. And I would tell her, he needs to come to the door. And it became this contention between us. And I said, because it's not about coming to the door, right? It's about him interacting with the parents and the family and seeing what that's like. Because at, at some point you get married and that division is so real when he doesn't want to be at Christmas. Well, you've been at Christmas with your family your whole life. These are real kinds of things that those little tiny things to look for, like coming to the door, like coming in and, and saying hello to your parents, meeting your siblings, playing with your siblings. You know, those things matter so much because it's not about that. It's about seeing who they are and who they will be in the yeah. future. And I would say this, if you have a choice, you don't always have a choice, but if their family's not jacked, that's a plus. You don't always have a choice, right? Because you fall yeah, in love with somebody. Yeah. They got, I mean, you can't blame somebody and for their nutty. And you can navigate it. It's just the <clears throat> yeah, hard way. You can't blame somebody if their mom and dad's nutty. But just know that's going to be your nuttiness for the rest of your life. Like that, that crazy is now your crazy. And so you, so you You're got. You're welcome. You, yeah, just know that. Alrighty. So we're going to jump to our next question, which actually we have someone asking live. So I'm going to ask Amanda to come on over to the Yay, mic. Yay, Amanda. Okay, welcome, Amanda. <laughs> Um, hi, Pastor Matt and Tammy. So um, my question is, how can I as a girl do something differently when looking for a guy? I'm at the age and place in my life where I know I'm ready to date and start building a relationship, but all these guys just want to be my friend or big brother. And I'm tired of having a lot of guy friends and I want something more. So do you have any tips or advice? Yes. Are you sure you want it? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. What I would do is I would find the safest guy that's friend zoned you. The safest, wisest, most mature guy kind kind guy but honest but honest and give <laughs> and give him give him permission to hurt your feelings and say what what am i missing what am i missing what what am i doing um is 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 it me now let me say this ladies we've not raised men in our culture okay and before you blame them feminists own some of this so just know that um but we've not raised men in our culture and so men are boys, and boys, you know, still want to have sex. They just want to play and do other things too. And so it's hard for them uh, to engage because we've not raised them to be men. And um, I, and I think like a lot of what we're doing, your generation, you've been taught to be a good human, which I that's good. But how do we teach men what it means to be a good man that's not a woman? You've probably never heard anybody say that. Tammy expects me to be a good man, and that's different from being a good woman. What does that look like? Now, there, you know, kindness is good, but what does that look like for a man to be kind? And then, ladies, what does it look like to be a good woman and not be a man? We've not had those discussions, and that's why nobody knows who they are or what they're supposed to do. And I think a lot of guys are just scared. So pornography has done two things. It makes, it makes uh, men have ED, erectile dysfunction. Guys, just if you know that, if you're looking at porn and you're masturbating, it, your penis will not work at some point. It won't work. So that's, that's a huge... Gonna, that's going to bother you. It's going to bother you. And it's going to bother your wife. So um, you, you got to know that. And number two is it makes real relationships extraordinarily intimidating. And ladies, the same thing goes for you. Some, you know, 30% of porn users are women. 70% are men. So it affects us both just in different ways. And just understand that pornography is just not real in any way, shape, or form. And it's destroying the person's life who's participating in it and getting paid. And it destroys the person's life who's watching it or paying to watch it. And just, just understand that. It, it, it just doesn't work that way. So I would say find a guy that you trust 
that you can that you can believe in and just say say what am I missing? How do you um, experience me? What are what are some of the reasons that I feel like a friend instead of something more? Yeah. Matt and I've done we've encouraged a lot of people to do this over the years, and it's been so surprising when people were honest in love with them, so that they knew some areas to work on that they were blind to. Um, one of the things I would want to hit on is let's talk about pornography for women real quick, which I also refer to as Instagram. Here's one of the biggest problems I see out there right now is that I see so many young girls trying to create an Instagram photo instead of a life. And everything behind the scene is a lie. And here's how that's a problem when you're dating is because you're looking for the caption, the moment, the experience. I mean, the pressure on you guys right now for like, I know there's some juniors and seniors in here, like promposals are extraordinary, let alone actual engagements. It's like bigger than the wedding at this point. That's not real, it's staged. And, and the problem with always looking, 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 looking everywhere is that there's always maybe something better out there than what you have in your real life. You know, when we were dating, we didn't have that. I wasn't looking at everybody else's boyfriend and going, well, they did this and they're doing this and he does this, which most of it's a lie and staged for Instagram. And some of you know, because you do that, you stage the moment or you know your friends, you see what they post and you know their actual real life. But it's becoming a problem and, and growing a wedge between being able to commit because what Instagram and social media always plants in your mind is there might be something better, looks prettier, but it's staged and it, it's like tweaking with your guys' minds about what, it, what it's real and it's hard to commit when you think, well, just, I don't want to commit just in case there's something better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thanks, love. I think, I think that's even just great advice for anybody. What, what Matt was talking about with um, seeking advice and asking people, hey, how am I received? Um, the Bible says, without counsel, plans fail, and with many advisors, they succeed. Like, mm -hmm. if you're thinking about dating somebody, if, you're, if you want to date somebody, and maybe um, you're not being received the right way, ask your friends. Talk to your friends often about it. Like, get in a community group and have people who can be honest with you. Maybe find one person who can be honest with you so it's not just, like, everything's coming at you. Or but... the worst small group night ever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Guys, I want everybody to be honest with me tonight. My group would never end. It would be awful. And let me just say this. Th thank you for being so, so bold. Yeah. And I can just tell you, you are, you are attractive. You are beautiful. You're probably a little intimidating. No, seriously. I mean, you know, I mean, you're, you're I, yeah. There's nothing wrong with saying that. I just, I just don't want you... And just know that I also think it's really good that you relate well to men. I think that that's a really, really good quality. And uh, any guy that has a woman that relates well to men is, is done well. Um, because a lot of our issues, she was raised in a home with all girls. And I was raised in a home with all guys. And, you know, like I, I, I would yell at a football game and she's like, you have a problem. I'm like... <laughs> No, I'm just passionate about the game, uh, which you and I are missing tonight. Yeah, I know. And I was so, like, do you love what I did with the house? Everything's flowers and pink. And he was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, because we just grew up in different worlds. Yeah. Tammy thought she married a woman. So, yeah. <laughs> so we got uh, two more questions, or well, two additional questions um, that we're going to pair together here next. Uh, one is from Wendy, and she says, I'm a high five on the Enneagram, and so I have a difficult time connecting and building intimacy with people, especially men. How do I know if God has endowed me with the gift of singlehood, or if it's just a result of my behavioral tendencies? 
outside of being perpetually single, how do I know if that's what God wants for me? And a similar question from Samantha is, how do you become at peace with life slash singleness, knowing there is a possibility that God's plan doesn't include me having a spouse? All right, so let's let's have Tammy take the five one because she's the expert on the Enneagram. Mm -hmm. Can you just talk to us about the challenges for five just with intimacy in general? Well, fives, you guys are are the least disconnected from feelings. You like personal time the most. The most disconnected from feelings. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Least connected to feelings, <clears throat> yeah. sorry. And so relationships are challenging for you. It doesn't mean they're impossible. It just means they're challenging for you. And so um, that, that, that's going to be a struggle for you is to put yourself out there, to start conversations, to figure out how you can connect with someone. And here's the thing. There's fives all over the place married and doing just fine. So it's not about a certain number that's going to be harder. It, I mean, it is going to be harder for you, but there are people out there that are compatible, less needy relationally, and, and you'll figure that out if that person comes into your life. But a number doesn't necessarily dis, like make it harder. All the numbers are harder when they're not healthy. Any, any of the styles, and then you have other high styles in you. Um, but for fives in particular, it is hard to connect because you, you think you stay all in your head. So you are going to want to put yourself out there in, in a way that feels comfortable for you and push yourself past your limits of doing that. Figure out how to express how you feel, how to tell somebody you want to, I mean, you're just, you're going to have to put yourself out there and it's going to look differently than maybe it looks for your friends. And that's okay because there's so many people attracted to that quality. So you're not disqualified from that, but it is challenging for you because you just seem to be the least relationally needy, although relationships I'm sure are so important to you. Yeah, and, and and know that if you're if you're dating or in, in in love with a five, they they do really well on their own, and so that's a lifelong struggle that you're going to have to work through. Is they kind of just kind of pull within themselves and who they are, and you're going to have to pursue and, and ultimately be okay with them being less connected uh, th than others would be. And so that's really, really difficult. Um, so if you're a gal and you date a guy that's a five, he's still going to be interested in sex, but he might kind of shut off in between the sexual intimacy. And if you're a guy and you're dating a five, uh, that, that's a whole nother issue because sex for a woman is very different for a man because you're inviting somebody in. And that's just, right, the, the five holds all the cards like this. And so that's a challenge long-term. What was the second part of the question? I, I was still listening to Tammy's. I yeah. forgot my part. Samantha asked, how do you become at peace with life or singleness, knowing that there's a possibility that God's plan doesn't include me having a spouse? Yeah, I, I, would just, I would just even stop worrying about it. Yeah. I would start saying every day, how do I need to be obedient? Because um, I don't worry about, am I going to be married to Tammy for the rest of my life? I, 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 I got to be faithful and be a good husband to her every single day. The future is the future. Today's today. And God calls me to be obedient today and trust him with the future tomorrow. So I would just say, God, you know the future. I don't. What I know is I need to be obedient today. I need to put my head down and do what you've called me to do. And that means to be a good Christian today, trust you today, be obedient today. I, I need to do that today because uh, I don't know what the future holds. So, and like I said, I, I shared this on, uh, on Sunday. I, I don't think I shared it on Saturday because this gal volunteers on Sunday mornings, but she's 34 years old. Um, how old were you when you got married? 31. 31. So she's a couple years ahead of you, 30, 34 years old. 
And I know there was a season in your life where you were kind of wondering, okay, wait a minute, you know, what's going on? So this gal's a couple years ahead of you, and she just told me, she just said, you know what, I just decided I was going to be single. And she joined the production team, and she's getting married to another guy on the production team January, I think it's 30th? January 30th, January 30th, somewhere in January this next year, she's getting married. She's super excited. But she just kind of said, you know what, God, I'm, I'm just going to serve you. Guess what? The Lord served up a husband. There you go. He was right there in ministry. And ladies, that's what I would encourage you. Guys are volunteering in our church all over the place. Find those guys. Uh, I mean, you know, I mean, there they are. They're serving and, and then they're active and they're working. And that's the kind of guy you want because especially if they're volunteering, they're not getting paid. I mean, that, that shows that they have a heart to serve. That's been, that'd be like way up on my list, man, you know, and, and, and really, really do that. So I would just say your job is to be obedient. God's job is the future. Definitely. And if you look at, um, look at our kids' ministry and look at the guys who are serving in our kids' ministry, nationally it's like 5% of guys serve in kids' ministry. It's way higher at Sandals. Right? We have a ton of dudes who are serving there. You know that they're going to be good with kids. You know that they love the church. You know that we background check them for you. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I don't think Bumble or Tinder are doing that. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I think like spending a long time single, I've like asked myself this question all the time, like, all right, do I need to just like hunker down and be ready to be single forever? And I just remember a friend really talking to me about the fact that like God knows you, God knows your heart, God's kind, um, God's not going to put this longing in your heart or have this thing and just dangle and go like, well, she really wants to get married. She's going to be single forever. That's not how God works. You don't know what God's going to do. God's in charge mm -hmm. of the future, but God is kind and he knows what's on our hearts. And I mean, the Bible talks about, you know, hope deferred makes the heart sick. God doesn't want to make us miserable for our whole lives. He wants to give us good things when it's the right time. And so just trust that God's kind and isn't going to destiny to singleness when you long to be married. We don't know what he's going to do, but I don't know. That was always really encouraging for me. Like God's mm -hmm. kind. He knows what he's doing. You can trust him. So, all right. We're going to have another live question come up. I'm going to ask Brody to come on down to yeah, the mic. Yeah, guy. Brody. Come on down. How you guys doing? Brody is tall. Yeah. <laughs> you can bring the mic up to you if you yeah. want. Okay. I think. Be I don't brave, Brody. There you go. There you go. Gotcha. All right. So my question is, I've been Hold dating on, Brody, my... have you seen Point Break? I, yeah. I get that all the time. Yes. Yeah. Love it. The first one. Yeah. Not yeah. the second one. Go ahead, Brody. Yeah. Uh, I have been dating my girlfriend for about a year, and I'm absolutely in love with her. What I've been wrestling with recently is how to find a balance between loving her and loving God. I'm trying not to make her an idol in my life. When I do that, I feel like I draw away and have a hard time engaging with her in a healthy way. On the flip side, she can bring me so much joy and peace, I sometimes forget about who created her. What would you recommend for me to keep in mind regarding my relationship? And if it helps, I have my Enneagram. I don't know if that matters. Yes, that helps. What are you in the Enneagram? Uh, 967. 967 in that order? Yeah. All right. You want to go or you want me? Well. Let's give Brody a hand. That's a great, <clears throat> that's a great question. And, you know, Brody, I obviously, we don't know you, but if I'm just thinking through your styles, I would say that part of what you're experiencing is that the nine in particular blends and becomes the most enmeshed in others. And so I can see how you're saying when I'm focused in her, I have a hard time focusing on God and vice versa, because that's going to be t sort of the nature. The other part is the six, in, you said nine and then six, the six in you afraid, you know, be having some fear kind of weaving in there, fear of if I'm too into her, I'm not enough into God and vice versa. And then the 
the seven. The seven avoids pain, so it's just like, ah, I'm not going to deal with it. So you can see how those might play together in that way. Um, you know, and again, we don't know you, but I'm curious about, you know, you are at an age, if you're ready. I mean, of course, you're going to be all over the map in that way, having a passion and a love for someone else, but a love for God. And as you grow and grow up a little bit more, you know, those things will come together. That's kind of a natural place to be at this crossroad of the relationship. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Absolutely. That's going to cloud it. Because, and, I, and I think, I mean, how old are you, Brody? 23. Yeah, 23, yeah. bro. You're, I mean, you're, you're a young man. Go. You're a young man. You're ready to go, man. The anatomy <laughs> works. It's time. Uh, read, read, read Song of Psalms, man. I mean, he says, my, my lover is dark and beautiful. You know? I mean, Tammy's 1% Tammy's black. We just found out. It's not a lie. It's so true. Don't act surprised. Right. But Brody, honestly. One <laughs> 1%. Matt has zero percent. I have one. I thought that was going to be the reverse because of our music choices. But yeah. Um, but Brody, that's, I think one of the things that you're going to want to ask yourself then is, is what is your, and, and again, I don't know if she's here. I don't want to put the pressure on. Hey, let's pretend like she's not. But, you know, you guys are going to want to figure out, is it time? Is it time to make that choice and not burn with lust? It, you know, right now it has to be one or the other because you're wanting to navigate and honor God and honor each other. But at a time, it's not one or the other. It's both. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Brody, man, praying for you, brother. That's a good Love you. You're good luck awesome. You guys. Yes. <laughs> this is like this next question is the the kind of question that makes me want to just give Matt a high five. Matt and Tammy, man, this is this is awesome. It says uh, this is from Julie, and she says, "My boyfriend and I recently decided to pursue our faith and put God at the center of our relationship. After this week's sermon, we decided to give up sex and push ourselves to wait for marriage. Wow. Is it too late for us if we have already had sex with one another?" And uh, what are the ways we can gain strength through this hard decision? Wow. First of all, whoever that was, thank you. You honored God, and God is so incredibly honored. And you know, one of my favorite books in the New Testament is Hebrews. And I, we don't know who wrote Hebrews. People have all kinds of, of, of theories as to who wrote it. But whoever wrote it wanted to, rename, wanted to remain anonymous because it's not signed. But they talk about offering our bodies up, you know, as a living sacrifice, and, and I think that that's what this person just did. And so if you don't know what a living sacrifice is, like when you sacrifice something in the Old Testament, you kill it, then you burn it. So it's dead. What God wants you to do is die to yourself, but you still live for him. And that's what this person did. And so what I would just say is, for the first time as a couple, you're pleasing the Lord in your relationship. And I would celebrate that. And I would literally start counting the days that you can maintain that and look forward to the day when you can come together as husband and wife and it's blessed. The union is blessed. It's going to be a challenge. It's going to be difficult. Um, you know, once you, you go horizontal, it's difficult to, to stop that because it becomes a pattern of the relationship. And um, you, you just really, really have to set up great boundaries. I just wouldn't be alone with that person. And I would look for ways to connect by serving uh, with each other. And, and what I would say is if you know, if you feel like God, if you want God to bless this relationship and you, and you love each other and it's a healthy relationship, then I would move quickly towards marriage. I, I'm a big proponent of short engagements. How long was your engagement? Four months. Yeah, and I was like, you... <laughs> it was you, too long. Yeah. That's what ours was. Remember, I would see you every day. I was like, did you do it? Did you do it? <laughs> I lived with you at the time. It was I awful. know. Yeah, she lived in my house. <laughs> no. Did you do it? <laughs> no. Nope. nope. Yep. So, 
Because it's once, once you say I do, you're like, I'm ready to do, yes. So just know, it is. So like these people are like, yeah, we're engaged for two years. I'm like, oh, you're hosed. You know, don't, don't do that. So. And so the, I, I think the answer to that question, too, would say, no, you haven't ruined it. You're actually setting yourself up for, for great success, like Matt said, to then think about these other qualities that we're asking you to pursue, the spiritual health, the emotional health, um, integrity, all of those, and make the, you know, really be working through those. And if those are a fit, like figure out if you can get married, but you haven't, ru you haven't ruined it, you're honoring it. And God blesses what, you know, when we honor. And so I just... I think it's it's the hard it's it's going to be difficult. It's difficult to start something and then stop it. It's really difficult, and I think we're we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But but it's better. It yeah. is better. And, and, and now you're going to find out. You're going to find out what you're made of, and you'll either find out now or you're going to find out after you're married. And that's the hard time. That's a difficult time to find out what you're actually made yeah, of. Yeah, because sex won't keep you together in marriage. Nope. It just won't. So you've so if you take away sex and you got nothing in common, there you go. Right, so, so you need to work on that. And let me just say, Tammy and I have some good friends, uh, and they weren't our friends. They were, they were living together for, I, I, I want to say, like five years. Mm -hmm. They came to Sandals Church. They said, we want you to marry us. And I said, okay, then you've got to abstain from sex. If you want me to bless your union, you have to abstain from, from sex. And I think they, they abstained for four months. So they've been in a relationship for five or six years. They abstained. And, and, and they, I mean, we're still friends to this day. They abstained. And... Um, and I'll never forget, we, we did the wedding, and I think we were at the Ritz-Carlton or somewhere down at the beach. And it was so cool because here's this couple that had, they've been living together as, as husband and wife, but not married for years. And we saw them the next day, and they both thanked us. They said, we're so thankful that you forced us to make our honeymoon special. It wasn't just same as last Tuesday. It was special. It was difficult. They almost didn't ask me to do the wedding, and I just said, "Look, I'm, I'm not going to do your wedding if you're not if you're not if you're not going to involve God in this process. I'm not going to be involved in this process. I mean, go to a judge, and um, and they di they did it, and they were so. I mean, I guess they didn't do it. So they <laughs> they were so excited, and um, you know, now we're the godparents to their kids, and that's who we are, and that's our relationship, and it's because there's just something special. Listen to me. It's not just between husband and wife, the Lord melds friendships. When you, when you say, okay, we're in this with God together, those friendships are lifelong. You, you have no idea the power of spiritual union, and because they made a commitment, um, and, and then when they've had marriage problems, they come to us, and, you know, we talk with them, and it's, it's a great relationship, but they, they, they made it happen, and they were, they were literally in a sexual relationship for, I mean, they were lived together for five years, but they've been together like 10 years, and so... Um, and they weren't Christian. So it's possible. Yeah. It's difficult, but it's possible, and it's better. So then Anonymous wrote in and said, you and Tammy opened up about failing with sex before mm -hmm. marriage. Was there a point where you two overcame that struggle before you got married? And if so, what helped you get past that? And if you didn't, what did that end up doing to your relationship with each other and God? Yeah, I, well, I'll just say for me that uh, I was pretty wild. I know it's hard for you guys to believe, uh, but uh, I was pretty wild. Tammy was not wild. Mm -mm. But, uh, you know, so, so when we started, yeah, when we started dating, I drank way too much. And Tammy's father was an alcoholic. And she just said, if you're going to date me, you're not going to drink. That was easy. 
I had no problem kicking alcohol, like not a drop for, I don't think I drank again until I was like 32 years old. Uh, I mean, not at all, because it was, it had done so much damage. Sex was, was a real challenge for me. It was, it was very, very difficult for me. It's part of the reason that our church's vision is to be real. I mean, I wrote in my Bible, um, God, please help me with uh, my struggle with porn. Her mom found it in my Bible. She's like, whose is this? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> That's strange. Somebody at Harvest put their bulletin in my, in my Bible. Um, and so, so ultimately, let me just say this. We couldn't fix it. And so what we did is we broke up. Because we couldn't make it work. And we didn't have mentors. We didn't have a church whose vision was to be real. We, we had we, no place we, we, could we had be no place we could go. And, and most of our friends were sleeping together. So we we're like, we want to stop. They're like, why? I'm like, because we feel bad about it. Because yeah. we have this thing called the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. And it's, it's grieving him. And so we broke up. And we didn't speak for three months. Mm -hmm. And we came back together. Um, you know, I, I didn't date at all, Tammy, you know. I didn't doesn't love date. the Lord as much as I do, and so she, she struggled a little bit. Um, so we, we came back together, and I said, I, I made her a promise, and I said, because I, I had to figure out, I needed distance, I, do I want to marry this girl? And I took her picture uh, in my work for the summer, and I put it face down in the drawer. But I knew that if I wanted to look at it, that was my sign. And about a month later, man, I started, and I would put it down put it down, put, there's no Facebook, there's no Instagram, you know, like I was miles away. There were away. dinosaurs still yeah, roaming was, the yeah. streets. Uh, <laughs> you know, I took my covered wagon to church. It was, it was, <laughs> it was rough. And then about, about two months in, you know, I, I looked at the picture and I knew I was smitten. I just, I just knew this is, this is what I want, but I needed that space. I needed that time and I needed that clarity. And guys, other girls were like, well, I'm here. I'm like, get it behind me, Satan. Um, <laughs> so it was weird. Um, so I, I realized, and I came back, and, and I said, I, said, I want to get married. And, and, and that's, that's ultimately the only thing that solved it. The problem was, then we dealt with her fear of, well, you only married me because we had sex. And so that was like this fight for like five years, which was so fun. Um, it wasn't fun. Because it was, it was her struggling, it was mm -hmm. her struggling with the guilt. Mm -hmm. and, and ultimately, I mean, I don't know if she'd guilt, say this, but it, she probably was wondering, would I have married me, would she have married me if she hadn't had sex with me? And the answer is, yeah, I don't know. And so she's struggling with that, and she's married to me, and she's frustrated, and all of that's avoided. And then I'm not saying you don't, you don't avoid all, all the issues, um, but sex is God glue. It is. Ladies, you have, a, you have a hormone that's only released two times in your body, and it's when you have intercourse with a man and when you breastfeed a child. And what God does is he releases a hormone in your body that says, I'm with you. So when you nurse that baby, guess what's happening? You're bonding with the baby, chemically, biologically. When you have sex with a guy, ladies, guys don't have that. They don't, they don't, they, you, they bonded, they didn't bond. That's why you want to make sure it's a Christian guy that loves you, cares for you, wants to take care of you and be faithful to you. And that's my commitment to Tammy is to be faithful with her, to have sex only with her, to not view pornography, um, to uh, confess, you know, any, any kind of mess up or whatever. And we had one of those a couple years ago where I looked at a picture on Instagram. I didn't know that if you double tap it, it meant that you liked it. Um, <laughs> so I learned that's what it does. Um, so. And everybody saw. Yeah, everybody saw Pastor Matt, Matt Brown Pastor Matt like Brown's so and so in her bathing suit. Oh. Here's what I see. <laughs> what, what, what was true for me in that was 
that very thing of just like feeling like, oh my gosh, what did I do? I, you know, I, I, I grew up in Christian school, Christian bubble, like where that was the worst thing you could ever do in your entire life. Now I've done this. I have to make this work. And so that, that was a really tricky place. And so my mindset started changing so much into, I have to get this guy to pick me because I, that's the only way to redeem this place in my life. And that is not the truth. That is a lie. And I'm not saying you should just have sex flippantly. I did not do that. That was not the case. But here's the lie is I became so hyper, or the truth was I became so hyper-focused on Matt fixing me to right a wrong. I just thought, does he want me? And I forgot to think, do I want him? And now we're married and I cared about that commitment. And so we had to figure that out. And that, that's why we want you to take dating so seriously. It should be fun, but it's also serious because, and I see this with the ladies, like wanting so badly to be picked, wanting so badly, like I talked about Instagram, to be able to share like, now I'm in, here's my ring, here's my picture, you know. And, and Matt and I that walk with so many couples planning weddings, and it's about the wedding, and they forgot about the marriage. And a month later, six months later, a year later, we're hearing now about the marriage that they forgot to think about because all they cared about was landing that wedding day. And that was true for me. And it, it was so damaging. I mean, by the grace of God, and a lot of people have heard our story. But, you know, I got pregnant immediately, which was a game changer. And, and at the time, it was so stressful because it was like, oh, my gosh, we don't even want to be together. How can we figure this out? And I just thank God for that in our situation, not in every situation, because we both did love God, and now we love this baby. And so doing right by God and the baby forced us to do the very, very, very hard work and do right by each other. And that's why I just, I can't stress enough that when someone says, you know, well, like the potential question, I know I'm weaving that back in, but to care about the person's faith, whether it's if you're a girl or a guy, to care about their faith. Because in those early years, Matt and I could have literally cared less about each other, but we did care about God. And when the person that you're with cares most about doing right by God, they're going to want to do right by you. God tells me to be good to my husband, to forgive my husband, to have grace for my husband. So even though I don't want to do any of that for him, I want to be who God wants me to be and vice versa. When Matt can't stand me, and that happens on the regular, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> used to. That used to be true. But when that happens, because he's so committed to doing right by God, he wants to do right by me. And that's the way marriage works. Because you get to that place where you don't want, you're mad at each other, you don't like each other, you're annoyed with each other. You're, it's like if you literally leave your shoes right there, I am going to lose. I mean, it seems so small, you're gonna be there. It's like, if you don't, <laughs> you know, it's over the smallest thing. It's those kind of days where you're just so sick and tired of each other that you're like, but this is what God says. You're God's. You're not mine. God gave me to you as a gift, and, and I want to do, I want to honor God, which in that meantime, until then I'm like, you're the sweetest, and I love you more than anything. In the meantime, from I can't stand you to I love you more than anything, and that happens, that's where, that's where your faith matters so much. Yeah, I would just say this, especially to the women, but some guys... Rejection is a bizarre thing. 
Like, let me just give you a bizarre example. I had jury duty this week, and I always get rejected, which is what I want. I don't want to serve jury duty, okay? But when I get rejected and the lawyer's like, uh, juror 17, you're dismissed, I'm like, they don't want me to serve on a jury? What's wrong with me? I would be the greatest juror of all time. There's something when somebody says no to you, you're like, oh, but you should have said yes. Or I'm going to prove to you that yeah, you're wrong because but, I matter But here's and I'm the good. thing is, you get so, we get so weird with rejection. It's like, but you don't want to be in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Do you want jury duty? You're like, no, but you're not going to tell me no. I'm going to tell you. And it's just, so just, just know that, man. I mean, sometimes somebody can break up and like you were going to break up, but they broke with you, up with you and you're like, no, you don't. Nobody breaks up with me. So... <laughs> Yeah. That's weird. That's actually a great segue into our next question. Jury duty? Uh, no, breakups, but we could talk about Dating that. somebody behind bars. All right. <laughs> so Jen wrote in and said, how do you deal with heartbreak and move on from someone who says they no longer want to be in your life? Oh, wow. That was, I, would, I should have saved that story for that one. Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, I, 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 would just, I would just say uh, you, don't have, you don't want somebody to have to be with you. I mean, just, just don't, don't do that. Why? Like, don't, you want somebody that wants you. You want somebody that wants you. And I mean, part of, part of Tammy and I's journey, you know, through our marriage was, I, I would say, I, I want you. I'm, that's why I married you, but I want you to want me. And I need, I need you to decide that you want me. And I, I don't know at first if she did or she didn't, but ultimately she chose Yes, because I want to be in a relationship with someone who wants me. Life is too short to be an abusive, whacked out, weirdo relationship. And I would, I would rather be alone, and I think it's better to be alone than to be with someone who doesn't want you. And I just would encourage you, your, your, um, your love is not determined by somebody wanting you. It's determined by God wanting you. And you have to trust that and just and literally be able to stand on your own. Jesus never dated. Can you imagine, guys, how many girls were like, well, maybe, do you think, you know, like I heard you teach and I, I, I felt the Holy Spirit nudge me that maybe I was supposed to be the one. And he's like, it's not you. It's me. It's not you. It's me. The father told me. I'm not going to be around here. Me. I'm going somewhere else. You know, another great, another great segue. So we actually have a live question from one of the stars of our video earlier. Wow. The Q and uh, that's Savannah. Jan Tong. Oh, that was Jan Tong. <laughs> no, no, Jan Tong's not here tonight, unfortunately. Thanks for taking my question. Do you have any advice for how to reject a non-Christian when faith is the only reason why you're not otherwise interested in dating them? Yeah, faith is the biggest reason to not date somebody. Like I've said, it it's the thing that people compromise all the time that matters the least in dating and matters the most in marriage. And so that, to me, that's it's okay to say, I think you're incredible and, and, and wonderful and awesome, but the most important thing to me is my faith, and, and that's a non-negotiable. I would say this. If you're still struggling between good and evil, you probably don't know Jesus. I think the real struggle when you know Jesus is struggling between better and best. Mm -hmm. And so... I think that this guy that is probably good. good, but God has something better. He has the best for you, and you have to trust him in that. And that's the problem is, um, ladies, there's probably a lot of non-Christian guys out there that will love you, be good husbands, serve, care for you, raise your kids, 
but they won't love Jesus the way that you love Jesus. And so you're going to have to settle for an emotional and physical relationship, and the spiritual relationship will be dead for your whole life. That's a big choice. That, that would be like saying, I want to have a spiritual relationship and an emotional relationship, but I never want to have sex. I never want to bond physically with you. That's what you're saying, but you're saying, I never want to bond spiritually with you because he's not, he's not spiritually alive. The Bible says he's dead in his sins. He's dead. That's what the word born again means. It means you've come alive again. You've been born of the spirit, and that's what you want. You want somebody that's born of the spirit because ultimately when Tammy and I are talking and we're, we're, we're arguing or we're upset, like we have the Holy Spirit that's that's in this relationship with us. And some of you aren't Christians, and so that sounds weird. It's very real. Mm -hmm. It is very, very real, and conviction is a powerful thing. And here's the thing is the Holy Spirit's always on God's side, and God is always on the marriage's side. He's never on Tammy's side. He's not on my side. He's on the marriage's side, and he's working and moving us together. And there's just something so special. Um, thank you for asking that question. Yeah. There, are a couple, there are a couple times in my life that God has spoken and some of you will never hear God speak in an audible voice. I don't know why that is. God gets to decide when he talks and how he talks. But he's spoken to me in a real voice. Um, it's, all, it's always scary. So just, just so you know, uh, to me, it's always been terrifying. But one of the times um, he spoke the most intimately to me was in regards to Tammy. And we were at a conference together. Um, actually, we were staying at Jan Tong's house. That's funny. Um, Circling back. Because it was free in Hawaii. And um, we were staying at her house. We were at a conference together, and the Lord spoke to me, and the Lord gave me a word to share with my wife. I can't imagine not having a Christian wife that I can't, I can't go home and say, God spoke to me. And here's what God told me to share with you. And her to be able to receive that. And, and be grateful for that. And I'm, I'm I, so if I, I, if I don't, if I don't have a, a wife who's a Christian, she's not going to hear that. It's not going to make any sense to her. So people who don't know Christ, they're good people. They love God. Many of them are moral. Some of them are more moral than your Christian friends. The Bible says they're not spiritually discerned. They can't pick up on the spirit. They don't get it. And you, and you want somebody that gets it and that matters to them. So that's a great question, and I'll be praying for you. Um, but uh, I think, it's, an, I think it's, it's, a, it's a deal breaker. I mean, it's literally, the Bible doesn't say, you know, it doesn't matter what color their skin is. It does matter what spirit resides in their body. It does. It matters to God. And that's a, that's a non-negotiable, and it really muddies things up. And when you look in the Bible, you want to see when the nation gets screwed up? It's when they intermarry. And, and in the Bible, men had all the authority to marry, so they marry women of foreign gods. Every time that happens, they blow it, which is why Proverbs 31 says, do not waste your, your, your life on women as kings do. Isn't that interesting? She's slamming the kings in the Bible. They're a bunch of idiots. Okay? And, and being in that position to have to make that choice is a difficult choice, but it's also a real opportunity for you to to figure out what you actually believe. Do you believe God has best for you? Do you believe that, that it, when you honor him in these ways, making these decisions, do you trust him with your future? Do you believe that 
He has a plan for your life that of good things. Like, you know, when, we're, when it's all hypothetical because everything's great, it's like, yeah. It's when you actually have to make some hard decisions where you find out what you really believe. And I think that's an opportunity to figure that out of what you really believe. If, if, I, if I honor this one part of what I know God calls me to, do I really trust him with my life? Yeah. And I would say this is I, I think we live in a world where a lot of people will play like they know God. And so, you know, if I was a guy and, and we're dating and I'm not a Christian and you said, I can't I can't date somebody that doesn't believe in God, I would probably say something like this. I can't believe God wouldn't want us to be together. I mean, that's what I was. I'm, I'm pretty quick. That's what I, I'm like. That's, what I, that's what I would say. And ladies, what I what I would encourage you to say is that's because we don't believe in the same God. That's what I would say. OK. And Matt, will you speak to this really quick? Because I know that you know this, but about, because again, we've talked about who you marry actually determines your next generation and so on and so forth. And so speaking to um, kids when the father takes them to church versus the mom. Yeah, so ladies, it matters. So um, kids have an 80% more likelihood of attending church in the next generation if dad goes. So, right, so, 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 so just I want you to hear me out. This is controversial, but we, 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 live, we live in this, you know, egalitarian world where there's no differences between men or women. There are differences. And, and if the father goes to church, the children are far more likely. So just understand that. I mean, it's, 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 it's astronomical. We, we need both men and women in the household but God has placed a spiritual headship on the male that the kids get, even if we don't recognize it. Mm-hmm. So you can disagree with God and throw and up that's the Bible, not like a but Christian your, statistic. Yeah, that's but your like kids, your kids are going. Study. Well, Dad's going, then I'm going to go. And so, like, we have one of our police officers that does security with me, and a lot of, uh, on Sundays. So a lot of Saturdays, he'll work on Saturday nights. He has four of the cutest little girls. And he'll drink, he'll drink a buttload of coffee. Can you say that in church? Buttload of coffee. I don't think so, yeah. actually. Yeah. Um, I don't think you can. He'll drink, I don't he'll think drink you a, can yeah, say I think that's a cuss word. A um, whole bunch of coffee. How about a, a that? A lot of coffee. He drinks a lot of coffee, and he told his wife, he said, it doesn't matter if I fall asleep in Matt's sermon. I'll listen to it later. I want my girls to see their daddy in church. Mm-hmm. So he works all night long, keeping us safe. And then he meets his wife at church on Sunday mornings, and he's there every Sunday morning. Think about that. He's, it's a Saturday night. You guys know all your friends are idiots on Saturday nights. He's been dealing with them, right, all night long. Mm-hmm. He comes to church, and he sits there, and he just says, I want my girls to see their daddy in church every week. And I just thought, what a powerful, powerful statement. It's Because for him, it's not even about him. You know, and I'm funny, so he stays awake most most messages, but sometimes you guys, you guys been there when you're so, you're so sleepy, you can't, you can't do it. And so girls, here's what I would say is don't compromise on the guy you're hitching your wagon to for the rest of your life. Make sure that it's somebody that, and that's what I want from my girls. I want, I want, I want from my girls, somebody that I'm proud of. Like, man, that's my, that's my, that's my daughter's husband. Look at him. You know, I mean, he's no Matt Brown, but look at him, right? And guys in the room, this is really something for you guys to aspire to. I mean, I, I don't know everybody's story in here, obviously, but I know statistics. And statistically, lots of you come from broken homes or dads who haven't been in church. And that doesn't mean that has to be your story. Yeah. 
You get to decide to be the man of God that he's called you to. You guys get to be generation breakers of the society that we live in. You guys get to do it different. You get to be in church. You get to, to, to consider the headship that God's placed on you as an honor and a privilege instead of a burden or a stressor. Like you guys get to be this if you want to. But you have to want it. But if you want the life that God has for you, so many people look, and even people look at us and will say, well, we want what you have. And we say, then you have to do the work that we've done. Yeah. It doesn't just happen. And so, you know, Matt, we're talking a lot about ladies, but to the guys in here, I just, you know, we're raising a son too. And we're like, you have to be different than every single thing the world is telling you to be right now. And I would say that for you guys, like aspire to be the best husband you can be. And, and then the best dad. And, and you're going to find just such joy in that if that's the choice you make. All of your friends are going to tell you your 20s are for fun and they're for partying and they're for figuring out who you are. And, and we would say your 20s are about building your life so that you're in 30s, 40s, and 50s, you live it. And so look for that person in your life, but be that person. Like, you know, don't be deceived by there's the idea of there might always be someone else better out there. I'm not saying settle, but I'm also saying, you know, that's what I see in guys today is they're so afraid to make a commitment because what if, what if someone else better comes along? What if, but what if God does a miraculous thing in, in the person that you're with? And I'm not saying stay with someone for that reason. I don't want to get all technical there, but I'm just, I want to encourage the guys in this room to be different, to be different than even your dad. Some of you guys probably have really great dads. I'm not saying you don't. I'm just saying statistically, the generation before you was a mess. Families are broken. Dads aren't in church. Dads aren't in home. There's lots of dads. There's lots of guys. You know, it's just, it, but you get to decide who you're going to be. You get to decide. Your parents don't decide for you. Their choices don't decide for you. They're going to affect you, but you get to decide, and I hope you decide well. Yeah, and let me just say this. Um, I know most of you are young, and you're looking, and you can't imagine sitting where I'm sitting. I couldn't either at your age. But to sit here, you have to make a decision today to follow Jesus and never turn back. I have friends of mine that were, we were friends when we were your age, and they don't get how I got here. I got here by following Jesus every day, whether I wanted to or not, or whether I agreed or not. And I love my dad, I love the men in my family, and I learned many, many things from them, but I don't follow them, I follow Jesus. And I do whatever he tells me to do, and I don't always like it, but he doesn't always care if I like it, <laughs> you know? I mean, and, and we, ha we have to trust Jesus in that, and. If you're going to make a difference in your life, you have to be radically different. You can't be kind of like Jesus and kind of like the world. That's just going to make you miserable in both ways. You've got to choose who you're called to be and, 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 and trust him because, you know, Paul says, no eye has seen, no, 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 no mind has imagined what the Lord has in store for those who love him. You have no idea. Uh, I just finished uh, the book of Revelations today. I read through the Bible about every other year, and I just finished today. And I love Revelation 22 as it talks about heaven. Every tear is wiped away. It talks about the tree that heals the nations. Like, like who heals, heals racism? Jesus does. He does. Who heals our disease? He does. Who wipes away our tears? He does. And, you know, who, who goes there? Those whose names are written in the book of life. 
and then it ends with the Spirit and the Lord say, come. And so God's inviting you. That's our next series at Sandals Church, Invited. God's inviting you to something very different. And here's the sad thing is many of you, you want to be invited to something that ultimately will lead you to hell. So don't go to that party. Don't go to that place. Go someplace else. And we have this amazing church. Sandals Church did not exist when I was your age. It, it wasn't here. It wasn't. I, just this week, I, I was on the phone with a church leader, and I asked him, I said, how are you doing? I said, you looking at porn? You masturbating? He said, no. And he called me that night at 10 o'clock. He said, I lied to you, and I'm sorry. I said, I forgive you, and I'm proud of you for being honest. I can't imagine that kind of church when I was your age. I can't imagine, but that's the gospel. Grace is real. Grace is real, right? First John 1, 9, you can clap, that's good. First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. James 5, 16, if we confess our sin one to another, we will be whole and healed. That's, that's the word of God, and, um, and, I, and I, know, I, I know it's difficult. And you guys face things that, you know, I, I can't imagine the struggles. You know, when I was a kid, if you want to look at pornography, you had to go find your weird friend's dad, um, <laughs> you know, or you had to go to some creepy store and, you know, buy a magazine in shame. Now you guys just, you know, you check the weather and then you, you look at naked people. It's just like, it's just, it's just that easy. So I, I, I hurt for you, but just because it's easy doesn't mean it's right. So... Wow, that was a little sidetrack. No, that was good. All right, so we're going to wrap up with one more question here from Crystal. She says, I struggle with putting myself out there. I serve, come to church, and I'm in a community group. In a practical sense, where could you suggest single Christians meet in an honorable way? I think we need to trust God where we are, pray, better ourselves, and work on our overall relationship with the Lord. But what action, if any, should we take to make ourselves visible to other singles? Yeah, so here, here's the thing is, and this is why Sandals doesn't have a singles ministry, because as soon as you do, it gets weird, and <laughs> it, it just does, so and, and all the people that you don't want to be there are there, um, <laughs> and all the people that you want to be there will not, will die, would rather die than be there, and so that's, that's, just, that's, that's the problem. It, it's really, really a challenge, and so well, what I would say is, again, just, just trust God, put yourself out there, ask, ask your friends, you know, do I need to get in shape? Do I need to comb my hair? Do I need to brush my I Ask people these things. Like, guys, ask your friends, do I smell? Like, do I have B.O.? Well, of course you do, but how bad is your B.O.? Like, <laughs> what level is it? And, 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 and you got you to change. You, you literally have to change because pe people are, the, the, the whole dating thing, literally, you, you, anybody watch, like, I, I love Instagram, and I follow uh, Nature is Metal, and I follow all of these bizarre, like, things. Every day, My favorite thing is, like, like, like dating, dating rituals of, like, animals, you know, where, like, no. the birds, like, woo, mm -mm. woo, woo, you know? And, and so, at least the animal kingdom is honest, okay? At least they're honest, like, look at me, look at me, look at me. And so, um, you know, you're, you're like lying about it. I don't even care who sees this on Instagram. You know, you're, you're not even honest. So just understand, you guys, it, it, the love game is this dance where you have to put yourself out there. And here's what I would say is don't be afraid to be rejected. Get over that. Okay, if you want to be anything in life, you have to get over rejection. Literally just say this. I think you're attractive. I'd like to go out. No? Okay. You know, and then go over to someone else. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. You know, that's what I would do. 
That's what I would do. Have you seen these? That's why I do this to Tammy all the time. I'm like, check this out, check this out. Look at this. She's like, I've seen it for 23 years. I'm like, no, no, not from this angle. You know. Um, you know okay, I'm watch. I train, I train Stephanie. Watch this. Look at this. Oh, wow. Do you have two of those? Yes, I do. <laughs> Boom. Got married, guys. So, yes, I told her, I said, I will get you married quick. Watch this. And I trained her for like three years. And now she's got a kid, man. It's married. It's awesome. That's what you say, ladies. They go like this. You go, wow, you have two of those? I do. <laughs> Boom. So. I'm so sorry you live with that. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I raised Stephanie up right. The Matt Brown School of Dating. I Hold on. Let me finish. So just get, get over rejection. There's, and you guys, if somebody's making fun this of somebody, like, if somebody's you making, have more to say? yes, I do. <laughs> if, if somebody's making fun of somebody in our church because they asked somebody out and they're being ridiculed, you need to shut that down. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, because that's actually slander and gossip, and those things are sin. You know, me saying, you know, I kind of like your mustache. You want to go out, which you know, same sex, but you know, you yeah. get it, right? Oh, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> There's, there's nothing wrong with saying, I find you attractive. I'd like to get to know you better. It doesn't have to be all weird. Would you like to meet my mother? You don't say something like that. Okay, now it's your turn. I was going to say, you know, part of that question, though, to me is very like, calculated. Like, well, I'm doing all the right things. And I would just say to maybe try to relax on that a little bit and live your life. And because that's putting a timing like, well, I've done all the things now and I'm still nobody instead of just getting up every day and living your life. And, and in that day, whatever God brings your way, go on, go on the vacation with friends that invite you, serve at your church, come to the events at your church, go to dinner, go to your community group, live your actual real life that still matters to God. Every mm -hmm. single day, your life matters to God. And so I, I, you are doing all the right things. And, and in the right time, in the right way, God's going to have that for you. But it isn't like, oh, well, I did A, B, and C, and so where's my, you know, kind of spouse? And so just maybe relax on the idea of just looking, 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 and just live your life that God has for you and learn who you are and develop your friendships. Go the places you still want to go. Like, you are you are not just born to get married, and you will find that out the second you actually get married. And you're like, okay, now what? You know, and at your age, though, marriage seems like the end all, but it's, I can't tell you enough how it's not. It's great, and it's wonderful, and I'm not sorry you for one minute. You need to smile minute. when you say that. <laughs> it's great, and it's wonderful. Yeah, you know, well, people said, like, <laughs> marriage I love him so is much. the best. Um, Bueller. But, you know, Bueller. your life, <laughs> your life still matters, and you matter to God, and you matter to people, and so that, I just think that's how you're going to become so defeated and maybe miss what God has for you, because you're just too focused. Yeah. Has everyone in here seen The Secret Life of Walter Mitty? Anyone seen that? Love if you that. haven't seen it, no? you, nope. you ought to go watch it, because it, in, in a way, that's him. He's just, like, so focused and you'll watch the movie, but he ends up getting distracted and living the best life ever and realize what he was missing. And so it's one of our favorite movies. Let me say this. Girls, stop being competitive with each other. That's the first thing, right? Stop it. Stop being beat words to each uh, other. Cultivate kindness. Yes. So and then what I would say is start recommending each other. You should really you should really look at so and so. I think you would be a good match. I think you guys would really like each other. And just just literally just just say that. I think you guys because a lot of times the two people that are made for each other are the last to figure it out. They're like, eh, that is good. I don't know. That's good, Matt Brown. Yeah, and just say, hey, I think you guys would be great for each other. I think, you know, um, you know, like I would ask Stephanie, I said, okay, what am I looking for? I'm out there looking for him. And she told me, she's like, he's got to be tall. I was like, okay, 
Okay, because <laughs> Stephanie's tall. I was like, all right, we got to be tall guy. So, and we found one. We did. Well, actually, he found you because we all put right. her on stage, and he was like, there she is. Boom. He signed up to volunteer. Yes, he it did. Worked out. Yeah. So, so that's what I would say is, and guys, speak into each other's lives. Stop putting each other down. And just know that's part of the animal side of, of, of the competitive nature of dating and mating, right? Put that away and be like Christ and say, no, I really want to encourage you. And ladies, don't be like, again, the bridesmaid, never the bride. Like, don't, <laughs> don't be like that. There's nothing less attractive than needy, uh, you know, whiny, like, bitter. poor me. Yeah. Like, that is, if you want Yeah, to ladies, guys like the chase. Yeah. They do. They're like, you know, they do. They like you. Just be like, no. They're like, what? <laughs> I don't know if we've said anything helpful tonight. I think that's great. <laughs> I think that's a great place to just wrap up. Well, thank you guys so much for seeing all those questions. For those of you who sent questions we didn't get to, we're sorry, but we'll try to get to those another time because I know there's a lot to dating. But thank you guys so much for joining us tonight. Thank you guys so much for listening in and watching with us. And we will see you on the next episode. Yep. Love you guys. God bless.